Listeners, and welcome to Fatal Follower Presents. It is a spooky space to celebrate horror and all things horror adjacent. Uh, I invite you all to come and geek out with us about your love of horror. And on today's show, I have fan favorite final boy, Doug Connor, back. Welcome to the show, Doug. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. So it's a pleasure to have you back in the studio today because we just recently checked out X. And before we get to that review, I wanted to first ask how you've been doing and kind of some things you've been watching. I, uh, thanks for asking me. I, uh, I'm doing good. I'm currently back to work. I was working from home. Uh, but the company I work for and everything, we're all pretty much back to work. Um, How was that? that? Yeah, is that- I mean, yeah, it, it didn't. I mean, it was kind of nice to work from home. But honestly, I'm kind of one of those people like I don't mind being at work. Um, it, don't get me wrong, though. Being at home does have its benefits. Um but yeah, I like to, I'm kind of a social butterfly. I like to say hello to people and, you know, kind of interact. And when you're at home, you just, you know, you just kind of stick to what you know. And, you know, of course, they both have their benefits. But yeah, I'm actually kind of happy to be back in the office. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I've been mostly working remote and our our, uh, our position, uh, we're at a hybrid now, but the cases are going kind of crazy in New York again. And I think that's causing a little bit of hesitancy for like a full hybrid model. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's going back and forth. But I think, you know, I I feel good going back into the office, but it definitely is kind of uh, it's 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 very different being out of the office for two years. <laughs> oh, I know, right? <laughs> Trying to get back into like the politics of socialization with other people and like realizing, hey, I have coworkers here. I can't just like walk around in my undies like I did at home, you know? <laughs> so that's a little different. Um, but you know, it's good to good to be back into a little bit of normalcy. And I know like you and like all of our listeners out there, uh, one of the ways that we cope with, you know, certain things, whether it's the pandemic or stress, things like that, is our love of horror. And uh, I know for me personally, I've been kind of uh, in a weird place with what I've been watching. I've been uh, trying to rediscover some of the things I've already purchased. I, I watched Scanner Cop. Uh, which was the Vinegar Syndrome 4K release. I watched that the other day. Have you seen that one, Doug? Uh, no. How is that? Uh, my buddy Brian, he actually got that really nice uh, double pack set. And it's it's very nice. I kind of wish I would have picked it up. It's cool. And honestly, I remember bits and pieces of it as a kid. But for re-watching it like, with a new, fresh set of eyes and a different perspective, it was pretty cool. It was campy. It, it does play well to the spiritual sequel to the Scanners franchise. And I, I like that because uh, I love the Scanners movies. All three of them, I think, are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool. The gore is really crazy in it. And uh, 
I'm going to rewatch the second one. I, I may have not even seen the second one, to be honest. Um, but I did, uh, I did check that out the other day and I did pick up a, uh, I've been on a Japanese horror kick here lately and I picked up the grudge two and the grudge three on DVD for pretty cheap. And, uh, I think at this point I've pretty much got all of the American grudge movies and I'm trying to find some of the Juan movies, uh, that they released kind of in japan or outside of the u.s uh those are kind of hard to find so mm-hmm. i've been kind of in a japanese horror kind of mood um cool. yeah, which of, yeah which of the which of the grudge movies is your favorite oh uh, that's a good question i mean i do love the remake with sarah michelle geller because i mm-hmm. love sarah michelle geller and i do like that time period when j horror j american horror was kind of a thing um but after watching that one, it kind of pushed me into the direction of J-horror. And I, and I watched Juwan, the very original Japanese one. And I really love that one. So to me, that one's probably the best one. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Are you a fan of those? Yeah, I, I saw the, uh, the Americanized remake of The Grudge when it first came out in theaters. And then I was a huge fan of the Americanized Ring remake uh, with Naomi Watts. And I just thought that was a fantastic remake. Um, I had seen the original, uh, but I'm actually one of those people in the camp that I think I might like the uh, Americanized version slightly better. Yeah, um, I just like the look of the, the the first ring, the you know the U.S. version of the ring. It's just the whole look, the cinematography, everything about that movie looks great. Um, plus, I'm I, I'm a huge fan of Naomi Watts. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, I think me and you were talking about actresses and actors that kind of got the shaft when it came to Oscar nominations. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we talked about Tony Collette and Lupita, but also I think Naomi Watts did like a fantastic job in the ring. And I'm not sure why she didn't get a little bit more recognition. I know one of the movies that is frequently thrown out there for being well acted is the ring remake or, you know, the American remake, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah, absolutely. yeah, it's a fantastic movie. And I, I think I would agree with you. I do love the original and uh, I have the arrow Blu-ray of the original movie and I dipped my toes into the other Ringu movies and those are fun too. But uh, for me, the American remake sits far, far, high above the others because of like you said the acting and that tone and like the look of it and yeah um there was something about that time in cinema and even with the grudge american remake where a lot of the movies had that kind of greenish hue to them Mm -hmm. and it kind of it's kind of like that it makes you feel a little like sickly or repulsive like is that it's that color combination that just really makes you feel like kind of uncomfortable. And I like that about those movies. They're very moody. Yeah. And on top of it, everything kind of has like that damp, wet feel and look to it. And that just kind of is a little unnerving, especially when the whole thing, like especially the ring remake, I think the whole movie it's raining and it just has that, you know, that total atmosphere and everything with that film. Now, did you get into the sequel or the rings, the the latest one that they had a few years ago? Um, like I said, I, I love the the first ring that came out in, uh, here in America, and then I uh, I was kind of excited 
for the ring too when it came out because they were making this big to do. I remember the ad campaign and talking about Sissy Spacek's return to horror and. Oh right, she was in that. I completely forgot that she was in that. And that movie, you know, and I know it's directed by the original filmmaker who did Ring You, the original um, film. And I was like, all right, you know, everything's kind of lining up. They're bringing back Naomi Watts. Um, but just, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of The Ring, too. It's, and I'm not saying that both movies should have the same tone, um, because obviously it's two different filmmakers. Um, but the second movie, The Ring, too, just felt completely different. Um, it felt like, a, it just felt like a totally different movie. Like, all the mood and atmosphere of the first Americanized remake was like it was just missing and i don't know i just i've only seen it like once or twice all the way through um i will say uh on the dvd for the ring 2 there is a short film that stars that one young actor uh he was in halloween resurrection his name is ryan merriman oh and his there's like a 15 20 minute short film that's actually he because he is in the ring too but he's just kind of like at the beginning and then maybe like a little bit soon after there but they actually have like an extended short film of his uh or not his but what he's in and like the look and feel of whoever made that is like that's what they should have went with like that little short film that's on the, the dvd is pretty creepy and like i'm just that yeah the ring two just didn't do it for me yeah i i'll have to check that out i ended up picking up the cinema cult i believe it's i believe cinema cult is a australian company and they recently released the ring 2 on blu-ray and i picked that up and i actually haven't even gotten to check that uh release mm-hmm. out yet but i wonder if that's an extra on there i'll have to let uh i'll have to let you know and see yeah but I think the my favorite part of that movie, and it's so mean spirited, but I think it fit with the tone. And I wish it would have been a little bit carried a little bit over to more of the movie. But it's that scene with the doctor when they put the shot in her arm, and it's like air, oh. and that's how they kill her. And I thought that was like one of those like urban legend like things where it's like you don't put a sh- empty shot into your arm because the air goes in you know it's like that whole understanding that you're not supposed to do that right. and that that to me always creeped me out about that movie but it doesn't have a lot of those moments uh, yeah. in it it's a little too dreamworks animation at times for me Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the deer scenes and stuff, but yeah, I mean, I I like uh, I like I mean, even I'll still watch it, and I like that kind of uh, era of horror, and um, mm-hmm. I like a strong female villain, and I think that's kind of the overarching theme of this episode. There's where we're going to be talking about a a, a a pretty substantial female villain in the X movie, um, but right before we get to that. What are you looking forward to for the year? Any horror that you, or even anything that's been announced, maybe not just this year, but anything that you're looking forward to? Um, um, there are a few horror movie titles. There's one I just cannot absolutely wait for, and it's a non-horror title. It's Criterion's uh, just recently announced their June titles, and John Waters' Pink Flamingos is coming out on like a 50th anniversary edition Blu-ray. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm a huge John Waters fan, so outside of horror, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, now, the extras on that should be kind of wild. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I seen there was an interview with uh, John and um, 
Jim Jarmusch, he's a, another kind of well-known filmmaker. Like, they sat down for a new interview together, which the pairing of them two together is kind of interesting. So I'm very much looking forward to that uh, interview. And then I think there was, like, a new feature. Like, he redid a commentary over the film, the old commentary from the old DVDs, I think, been imported over. Um, said something about John Waters was going to take us around all the locations for the original film and a new like little behind the scenes thing. So I'm really, yeah, I'm totally excited about that. Nice. Um, in terms of horror, I'm really looking forward to Arrow's release of Girls Night Out. Uh, I think that movie's uh, super campy. Um, and I absolutely love, like, I'm sometimes I'm 50 50 with these new artworks that they put out, but I actually really dig the artwork on the the girls night out with the uh like the bear claw coming through the window and like claw on the girl's shirt and she's just kind of like ah you know up yeah. against the wall um i'm looking forward i can't remember what month it was me and you were talking about it vinegar syndrome's release of shriek of the mutilated oh um, yeah oh yeah <laughs> we'll definitely have to uh have another show uh showcasing that that little gem <laughs> yeah and that's one that i haven't seen so that'd be a first time watch for me i think and yeah. i've looked at it, the trailer online or like what i've seen of it like clips and it looks really fun and, and we've talked about you know sasquatch yeti kind yeah. of horror and uh yeah i'm really i'm really excited and and normally what i like to do before we do any sort of appreciation kind of episode is i like to binge all of it like over like a week or something and oh, just yeah. like soak it all in and i still need to crack open that legend of boggy creek that we bought oh yeah um, so i'm i'm looking forward to that absolutely um yeah and you know that girl's night out i have that pre-ordered and i'm really excited for that and i think i mentioned to the in, on the episodes uh, in the past, but I always think Arrow does like the best job for their alternate artwork. Like I oh, just yeah. love what they do. And I really liked what they did with the recent release for the deadly games. Did you see that or pick that up at all? Or uh, I haven't picked it up, but I, I, I know the cover and what you're talking about, but yeah, yeah. I really like that cover too. I really like that. Um, the one that they just put out to uh, Phantom of the mall. I really like oh, that yeah. artwork a lot. Yeah. Yeah, they do a good job, and and I'm I'm really excited to pull uh, pull out the girls' night out once I get it. I I did have that DVD, and uh, I'm I'm ready to see it and restored into. I think it's a 2K transfer or whatever. Um, yeah, that's a cool movie. I love the ending of that movie. It's so fun. Yes. <laughs> um, real campy and just really cool. And if if there's any listeners out there that want to check out. I like to do double features, like pair things together. And I'm going to be talking about a double feature for X uh, a little bit later, but uh, that a movie that would go well with it. But I think with Girls Night Out, I always thought that Cheerleader Camp would be a really fun one to watch with that. Yeah. Kind of oh, has kind of has that vibe. I don't know what it is about it, but there's just something about that. And again, another uh, female-centric villain. Uh, mm-hmm which I think the eighties gave us quite a few uh, oh, of yeah. those, uh, which are my favorite type of uh, slashers is those, those female villains. Um, now, before we get into the nitty gristle of it all, who would you say is your favorite female villain? Oh man. I guess I, slasher uh, villain. Yeah. I'll, I'll go there. Um, let me think. You I'll go, go ahead and, 
yeah, I'll go can. first. Um, so I want to go with Miss Voorhees. Yeah, uh, Betsy. She Betsy Palmer. She is or was uh, R.A.P. She really gave the good, crazy eyes, overdramatic, melodramatic performance mm-hmm. uh, in Friday the Thirteenth. And while that's not like in my top three or anything. I think it just sets so differently from the franchise because it's just her and not Jason. Yeah. So it's so I kind of have a hard time putting it in with the others um, because it does seem like it's more thriller than it is horror, even though it's got that slasher element to it. But I would have to go with her, definitely. I love her and I love Annie Wilkes. Uh, oh, Kathy, yeah. Kathy Bates is hard to beat as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's just so many to choose from. Oh, I know. Even, even some low key, low key efforts. Even like uh, Angela from Sleepaway Camp. Yep. Great. That's Great. actually that's uh that's the one I was gonna pull from. But I'm gonna pull from uh, two and three's Angela because, in my personal opinion, Sleepaway Camp Two is my absolute favorite of that franchise. And then, I mean, I, I love Felissa, and I've met her a couple times through you know over the years at different conventions, and she's just absolutely sweet. But my Angela. Is without a doubt, Miss uh, Miss uh, Springsteen. Uh, oh, Pamela Springsteen. Yeah, yeah, she's just oh man, I would love to meet her. She's amazing. Um, just her energy and just like her, you know, I just I absolutely love her. Like so, that's who I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna pull in Angela from Sleepaway Camp Part Two. Awesome, that's a good pick. Now this, I'm gonna pull one out here before we get to our ex. This is a movie that I talked about with you after you watched it. And I said, this reminds me of uh, this movie in this way, but it is the house on tombstone Hill and it's dead dudes in the house. And it's a vinegar syndrome release. Uh, And I'll read the synopsis because I think it's worth noting But it's a group of friends have decided to repair and renovate an old house located in the middle of nowhere in the hope of turning it into their cool crash pad. But shortly after arriving, a strange and seemingly senile old woman is found to be lurking around the premises. Uncertain of her intentions, the group of trendy homesteaders goes about their business, but soon find themselves up against a very unexpected geriatric evil (laughs) hell-bent on keeping them as permanent residents in her house, dispatching them in a series of creatively gruesome ways. But to make matters even worse, shortly after meeting their demise, their mutilated corpses return from the dead, determined to help their elderly assassin and her fiendish daughter finish off the others. (laughs) Um, <laughs> this is known as the dead come home, dead dudes in the house. And of course the house on tombstone Hill, there is pretty yep. cool gore. Um, and I think this would pair really well with X. So if you yeah. are want to do a double feature and you want to hone in on the campy nature of X, which it does have that campy aspect I think you could do really good with this as a double feature. I think this would be really fun if they did a double feature drive-in with this movie and that oh, yeah. Um I think it would be fun. But that is my recommendation. Um, I'm going to watch this and and maybe watch X again just to see um, exactly how well they pair together. But 
we are talking about X today and our love of it. And I wanted to give listeners just a very quick reaction before we get to spoilers, Doug, because I think it's kind of hard to talk about this movie without giving spoilers. Yeah, um, agreed. So right off the bat, um, what was your initial reaction to the movie? Like as you left the movie theater and what would you rate it out of 10? I guess, what would you kind of, how would you sell this movie to someone that hasn't seen it yet? Um, when I left the theater, I was in complete awe. Um, our theater sadly was fairly empty. Um, it was just me, Justin, uh, Brian and his boyfriend, Craig, and we all had, like, we had the whole row to ourselves. No one was in front of us. No one was behind us. And no one was in the row uh, that we were sitting in except for us. And we were just having a ball. Um, there was a few laugh out loud moments that we all, like, like had instantly together. Um, yeah, and then there's the what you see after the ending credits is just got me even more excited um, if I had to sell this to someone or kind of give them a brief, like, you know, 10 second, like, this is what you're going to get. It would be basically the movie Boogie Nights meets the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre with a touch of Toby Hooper's Eaten Alive. Ooh, I like that. that. Yeah, I think that's, I think that sums up X for the most part. <laughs> I like that. Now, what would you rate it out of 10? Oh, man. Uh... I'm going to go, I'm going to say it. I'm going to go with 10. I absolutely loved it. Um, I can't wait to see it again. I've been thinking about it since I seen it uh, last Saturday. And yeah, I really, honestly, I have no, I, I, nothing's coming up to me as a, like a, a fault. Uh, I loved every second of it. Awesome. And for me, I, I liked it quite a bit when we left, uh, my husband and I, we cracked up laughing after the credits scene. And then we were like, okay, so that's a lot to process. So we kind of had to process it for like, you know, a little bit to say what our rating was. Um, I think for, for our overall reaction together, we, we were in agreement that, it was exceptionally well made and it was gory and we liked some of the ending and, you know, the, how it was revealed. And we, we ultimately, you know, said at the same time that we would rate it at a seven out of 10. And that's kind mm -hmm. of how I stuck with it. Um, I wasn't completely wowed with it, but I was ex unexpectedly surprised by how much I liked it. Mm -hmm. um, I think there is a fault that I found that is also in its favor too, which I'll kind of get into a little bit later. I don't want to do, I don't want to talk about it cause I could spoil it, but yeah. um, I'll say if I was going to sell it, I kind of like what you said. I didn't think of boogie nights, but I would say if you're looking for something that feels elevated, mm -hmm. this is not the movie <laughs> because you know, there's it's just because it says it's a 24 does not mean that it's air quote elevated whichever elevated means these days there's a lot of people that only want to watch elevated so it's not that um it is though expertly made and i got a lot of toby hooper and brian de palma 
and some really good gore and it is a throwback slasher ultimately the blood of it is a throwback slasher so i would rate it seven out of ten and uh yeah i think that's pretty much it check it out in theaters it did really well uh, like you mentioned earlier i think the box office for it was really solid and i think it surprisingly did well so i think it's a hit at this point and uh i'm i'm ready for more ty west yeah um, i'm really curious to see uh because every time I've gotten on social media since I've seen, I've seen many many posts where people are like, "If you're a horror movie fan, you need to go out and support this." Like, you know, it's a total throwback, blah blah blah. And it seems like word of mouth is pretty good. I've had numerous people since I've seen it on Saturday that said they saw my post or a friend's post and they went and seen it and they also really enjoyed it. So I know it did okay in its opening weekend so i'm really curious to see like maybe the word of mouth because it's you know it's one of those rare exceptions where when you look at other movies in the genre and typically nine times out of ten critics are not huge on horror movies or slashers but this one like surprisingly is like getting really good reviews and it's also got really good um audience reaction reviews uh, coming in if you were to look at like the website Rotten Tomatoes now I do not care what a critic thinks of a horror movie as long as I enjoy it that's all that matters yeah um, but I'm, I'm really I'm really surprised like the critics are like re- like it's a super high like super super high and I'm just like wow that's like amazing like this seems like a movie they would hate but I mean, I guess it, I guess there's something there for him, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of cool just to see like a slasher movie rated yeah. so highly. I know that Scream was a recent example of another slasher movie that was rated pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually surprised at how high this one was rated on Rotten Tomatoes. And even with critic reactions and audience reactions were very similar in line mm-hmm. with each other, yep. um, which rarely happens. Um, I would say it's definitely got um a lot for everyone it's got you know a little bit of comedy it's got that horror element it's got some really intense kind of oddly enough emotional moments oh yeah um but i think for um for all of you non-spoiler listeners um just to give the quick synopsis before you hop off it's about a group of actors set out to make an adult film in rural texas under the noses of their reclusive hosts But when the elderly couple catches their young guests in the act, the cast finds themselves in a desperate fight for their lives. It stars Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, Martin Henderson, Brittany Snow, Owen Campbell, Stephen Orr, and Scott Muscotti, Muscotti, uh, directed and edited by Ty West, produced by Ty West. And uh, it's got a little bit of everything. So we definitely recommend it. And uh, we're going to get into some spoilers now. So... One of the biggest things that I was really celebratory about was Mia Goth playing a dual role. Mm-hmm. And I guessed it, it figured it would be, I didn't really guess it, but I figured it would be her. And we had to like kind of look to see afterwards if it was her, but she's playing Maxine Minx. And also she's playing Pearl, uh, the the female slasher villain of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. And, and of course, there's, I believe it's Howard is her husband. Yeah. And uh, I, I really, really did not expect, I didn't know that. And I tried to stay away from a lot about this movie other than just having seen the trailer. Because I really 
you know, I didn't want to know anything. And one thing that I was surprised is that they announced Pearl South by Southwest right before this came out. And that's what I was a little upset about because I went into this knowing that Pearl was going to get that prequel. So yeah. I'm like, well, I guess she's going to die in this movie. So I didn't like that marketing angle that they did, which mm. is not to say anything about the quality or the content of the movie. Um, but I just thought that kind of took away a little bit of it. Mm. Um, but as the experience, I was pretty excited and I'm actually really excited for Pearl. I think that um, after credit scene was crazy good. Oh um, yeah. Well, I guess I should say after credit mini trailer or teaser, <laughs> um, but to start out, um, the movie is pretty much uh, cut and dry. I mean, it's these in 1979. These uh, porn uh, actors, producer, and director—they're basically they want to capitalize on the adult movie bo booming home video market. Mm. Now, Ty West did mention that he wanted to hone in on the booming home video market and porn and horror because those things do have those similarities with like audiences and like being niche in, in society and being that sort of taboo kind of thing. And so I think he mixed both really well together. What do you think about that, having that angle that? that porn kind of production in a horror movie. Um, I thought it mixed very well with the story that was unfolding um, that he was trying to tell. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of any time I get to see a movie where they're making a movie or like, if you get to see any kind of like behind the scenes of a movie being made, I'm always a huge fan of like a movie within a movie. Yeah. Um, that meta approach. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And plus making some independent films and you know, that just, it's one new more check that I thought was a really nice little touch. Um, yeah. I thought, I thought it mixed really well. And you are, and you work with a filmmaker. You are, you work on film, you're an yeah. actor yourself yep. Yep. and indie. So you know what that's about. Mm -hmm. So you get to see that perspective. I think that's really cool that you get that kind of insight uh, into that. And I could see why you would like that because you have your own experiences kind of tied to the, own, the movies that you've been, uh, you've been making. Now, has there ever been a geriatric slasher enter your movie? <laughs> um, <laughs> like Pearl? <laughs> no, nothing, nothing, nothing comes close to Pearl, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I would definitely welcome it. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of uh i guess what did you think of pearl and howard and uh, did you expect that to be i guess grounded in reality because i i kind of thought there was going to be this um witch angle sort of thing the supernatural angle and and there certainly could be in the prequel but in this movie it's pretty much pretty a grounded horror movie mm -hmm. yeah I, I i watched the trailer um i think when when they when scream came out they had the trailer in front of the film um so i'd seen the trailer and i i really enjoyed the trailer um and from the trailer it, it seemed like it was a pretty you know just straightforward um body count movie 
Um, and I was very excited about that. But then I remember like maybe a month or so ago, there was an interview that came out with Ty West. And he, one of the things he said he was hoping that people would take away is it's not what it seems, or he, I forgot how he worded it. He basically said the movie is not what you're probably expecting it to be. And so hearing that and after seeing the trailer initially i was like oh well maybe you know and it's an a24 movie so you know there's probably going to be some you know deeper meaning or there's going to be you know another element that they're just obviously not showing in the trailers which is good because i don't think trailers should show you the entire movie right um yeah so i kind of went into it thinking uh, i was checking off the marks here i was like a24 um you know, it's not what you're going to expect. And then when the movie played out, it kind of was what I was hoping it would, would be uh, from when I first saw the trailer and really enjoyed it. Um, so I don't know. I'm not, I, I'd be curious if I could like sit down with Ty West and like, you know, pick his, pick his brain and be like, like, what do you mean by that? You know? Right. Yeah. What, what's the like insight into right, yeah. the choices <laughs> that you make? Yeah. I, um, I would say I was pretty, and I'll start with the little negative that I had about which could change. And and this is probably, I guess, the context of the time that we're in now. But one thing for me is I'm kind of a little, um, I don't want to say burnout, but I'm a little fatigue on the whole granny killer kind of concept. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I say that because there's so many haunted house, like, female villains that take on that granny look, you know, I mean, a recent movie was like Relic, so that she's like a granny and she's like, you know, it's a horror thing with her as the central villain or whatever. But there's a lot of these villainy grannies out there. And and I just feel like had this come out at a different time, I may have perceived it a little differently. And maybe when the context of now is over and I revisit this, it would probably mean a little bit better to me. But I, I'm a little kind of like, okay, it's another white haired, white gown, granny killing people <laughs> like, okay, I've seen that before. So that's the the non surprised reaction I got. Mm-hmm. However, I think that Ty West did kill it with, with creating, I guess, a mystery behind Pearl and also shooting that secret Technicolor horror movie that's going to come out soon for yeah. Pearl. So I'm excited for that because he said he's going to mix up the drama and the horror and maybe focus more on that World War One aspect uh, and have her there as a young Pearl and all kinds of craziness happening. But that would really be my negative about the movie. Um, I think this is a movie that will definitely re- I'll rewatch and, and find things about it that I still you know like or didn't notice the first time. Um, it is a slow burn slasher movie. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I have discussed Ty West's approach to slow burn horror. And really, I, I should have known that it was going to be slow burn because the House of the Devil slow burn, the Sacrament slow burn, and so is the Innkeepers. And I, I like all of those except the Sacrament, really, Sacrament. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was worried that this was going to be a little too slow when it started out. And I, I actually wasn't, I didn't have a complaint because I actually enjoyed the movie making, the porn movie making part and the characters a lot. So for me, it didn't really take away anything. In fact, I think it was just paced perfectly well. Oh yeah, I I agree completely with that. Um, And like you said, the characters in this movie and all the actors I think did a 
fantastic job. Um, I've seen Brittany Snow in movies over the years. Um, probably her most, most famous is probably those Pitch Perfect movies. So it was really kind of cool to see her in like a straightforward um, horror movie. I know she was in the name only Prom Night remake uh, yeah. that came out in the early or mid 2000s. Um, but then she had, you know, kind of wandered off and just done a bunch of comedies and rom-coms. So it was really cool to see her in this again. Um, and she was actually one of my highlights. Like I, I loved uh, uh, Mia Goth and Brittany Snow. I think those two are like my, in terms of like the, the female actresses. Um, I like Jenna Ortega. I liked her more in Scream. Um, I think it's really cool that she's doing all these horror movies right now. And, and obviously 2022 is a big year for her. Um, yeah. And yeah she- Brittany Snow and Mia Goth, in my opinion, are the two, like, standouts. Because uh, I think, like, Jenna Ortega, like, her character, like, she's just kind of quiet throughout the film. Uh, and then towards the end, she kind of gets a little, you know, gets to have a little bit more to do. But um, I think definitely Mia Goth getting A to play two roles, probably, had, you know, obviously the most uh, juiciest role of them all. And then Brittany Snow is just this fun, bubbly, you know, sex-filled, you know, blondie, you know, like she, you know, that was a very juicy role. Where then if you look at someone like the Jenna Ortega role, it was just kind of quiet, more, you know, somber and just like, I'm yeah. the innocent girl, you know? Um, yeah, so those are my two MVPs for sure. Um, but I, I think the, uh, the men actors in the film, they all did great too. Oh yeah, I, I I liked I liked all of the actors, and I agree with you on the Jenna Ortega. Uh, her character was Lorraine in the movie, and she was she was a little mousy and quiet, and she wasn't given much to work with until the end. Mm-hmm. And I did I did like the moment where she got that feeling sort of empowered about her sexuality, yeah. and she sort of kind of pushed this like sexual liberation like well i'm gonna choose to do this and she had the whole conversation with you know her boyfriend about well it's just a movie right so why shouldn't i want to do this like if you can take yourself out of it and she got him kind of caught up in his own uh excuse for why women should be at the center of these movies and not think of them as anything other than just actors and not real women with real sexual appetite so i like how she played that i thought that was a really cool moment for her in the movie mm. and of course she makes like really dumbass decisions at the end oh my god <laughs> um like just kind of hanging out in the basement and not ever trying to go open the door again um but that was kind of funny and and speaking of funny i think for for most of the movie it's kind of got that uh, tongue in cheek. There's some really cool like editing where he edits in, you know, some things that are happening in the movie with things that are kind of happening happening in the periphery with uh, Maxine and Pearl and like just some weird cool uh, jump scares with the editing, like the Brian De Palma kind of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked I liked when it turns serious, and when it turns serious is. At, at that night because this is like a 24-hour horror slasher tale essentially mm-hmm. it's and, all over the course of one night which yeah i, I really like instead of I, like multiple days and stuff yeah yeah i like that they just kind of went all out and um 
you know, it starts, you know, with a really bloody kill, really, really bloody stabbing. And oh, what, what I think that this movie did really well with the whole granny thing mm-hmm. it is, and this is where I'll kind of go against what I said earlier, is because it is grounded in reality, and you are seeing Pearl as this, this aged slasher, she is not only, you know, murderous and psychopathic, uh, but she is horny and she is perverted. And I like oh, yeah. that. I think that was a cool aspect to this movie. Cause I almost thought at points that she was like a succubus. Yeah. And I kept wondering, is she a witch? Is she a succubus? And so what's happening here? But no, she was a, she was basically what uh, you would see like in maniac, like that movie from the eighties. Like she yep. is a perverted slasher but it's a female and yeah. i like i like that spin on it i think that was clever and i think that's where this movie with themes and with ideas will be sort of picked apart later you know by academics and by other people and film critics that yeah. look at this movie and get all of these things that are just kind of there in the background yeah. um but ultimately like she kind of makes her way through you know the body count of these people and they kind of, while there's no chase scenes, which I do love in a slasher movie, mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense that there's not, obviously. <laughs> so they're in places where they're showing sort of some ageism. Like they're like basically like, oh, this harmless old lady, you know, let me help you. Let me put a coat yeah. on you or let me, you know, I'll back away from you, but I know that you're not going to do anything. And that's what I liked about it is she was the unintimidating slasher villain. So she really kind of sinks her teeth in and kind of goes for it. So what did you think of like that as a, as a new kind of slasher icon? Uh, I I loved it. I thought that uh, the way that uh, Ty West, like kind of like what you said, where, you know, you have this whole diamond dynamic of the younger, uh fun bubbly young you know you know sex is good you know free liberation where then you meet this elderly couple that you know especially the pearl character through the the scenes where her and mia goth you know she's reflecting on her past and she's like you know enjoy you know i used to be young and pretty just like you and you know there's this whole like I really like the, like, there's some, like, really kind of deep, like, kind of what you had talked about a minute ago, where that scene where Jenna Ortega, you know, basically, you know, like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm, like, I'm, you know, I'm at that point. Like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I really love that scene with them all sitting around talking and, like, you know, they really put things into perspective. And I I thought that scene was, like, really well acted. And I, I, I thought the dialogue came off, you know, as very... Um, like if you were just sitting around talking to your friends, um, it, it was very real. Yeah, and it, it didn't feel forced. Yeah, not forced at all. And I think that's you know a really good thing on the writing and also the uh, obviously the director and his actors. Um, but yeah, the the whole dynamic of the young, beautiful, younger crowd mixed with this older couple who basically, like you said, she's bad. That has all this <laughs> built up, um, you know, kind of almost like not a hatred towards her husband because he can't obviously give her what she needs. But she's, you know, she's she, it's almost like she is 
with that first kill when you said that that first kill with the the young man in the front of the um i was thinking more about that scene and it's almost like because he she like makes a pass at him like she starts rubbing on him and like kissing on his neck and he just kind of like rejects her and from that point on like when she uh lays into him i kind of thought of it like almost a little bit of symbolism she is now the penetrator and in a weird way she is penetrating him not sexually but in a weird way she was kind of sexual in that scene because as she's poor kid to death over and over it like it's almost like she was kind of getting some type of um like pleasure off of that yeah yeah it was like like i said i really dug it um i can't wait to see it again yeah um and like you said i think this will be one of those movies that like you know, a few years down the road, people can like look at it in a different light or, you know, maybe see something differently than they first did the first time. And I honestly, I can't wait for you to see it again for your second viewing and see if you know, you know, if you think any differently of it or yeah, maybe and, pull something out of it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, and I, I mentioned this a lot and usually when I'm in a, in a movie theater watching a movie for the first time, I'm usually overstimulated. So I have a hard time really like trying to grasp everything that's happening. So I'm always looking all over the place. Um, So for me, I always try to at least gauge a second watch to really solidify like how I'm feeling about it. And and we both, you and I have only seen this once and um, we'll probably definitely watch it again. But I, I think there's some things there that you mentioned that I think are interesting with like her, you know, penetrating him, that sexual like satisfaction, like, well, if, mm-hmm. if she can't get satisfied this way, then she's clearly going to get satisfied this way. Yeah. And I like, I like that idea. I didn't think of that, but I could see that whole, when she straddles him and starts stabbing him. And even when she gets up and dances, like that's her little yeah. climax kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause she was a dancer. So I think that's going to be a cool element if they explore that more in the prequel. And ultimately the prequel, that trailer, um, you know, the movie ends and very violently and there's lots of, um, you know, there's, there's some gunshots some stabbing, some pitchforks to the eye, really gory, <laughs> gory scenes. I think we get to see, is it Martin Henderson and his undies? Oh um, yeah. There, there was some eye candy in this movie. There was, there was, uh, there was uh, eye candy for, you know, straight everyone for, for men and women in this film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brittany snow and Mia goth both oh, go yeah. topless for the movie. <laughs> um, and then I don't know if RJ or I think RJ was the porn actor, right? I, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if he was, there was that, if, uh, it was almost like it, it almost had like that's kind of why another reason I thought of Boogie Nights because like you know at the end of Boogie there's like that over exaggerated scene with Mark Wahlberg and he like right. pulls it out and just kind of standing there and he's like I'm a star I'm a star I'm a great big star and then he puts it back in his pants and then like that's the end of the movie and yeah. the, I thought it was it was funny when uh, he uh, the one character uh, played by Kid Cootie he opens the door and there's that silhouette and they you know it's from afar. But, like, just standing there, like, hanging between his legs, you can just see, like, this huge dong and, like, kind of wink at, like, you know, that's kind of what makes me think of, like, Boogie Nights. But on top of them, you know, in Boogie Nights, they're also, like, about porn actors and, you know, making this movie and a movie within a movie kind of thing. Well, and then they have, you know, the whole TV on the background with the the right-wing evangelical, like, uh, discussions that you get to see kind of 
kind of juxtapositioned in with what's happening and that's ultimately what's playing on the old couple's um, TV screen and you find out, you know, in a twist that uh, Maxine is the daughter of that pastor and so she obviously got out of that lifestyle and escaped that and has made her own path and will probably become a star and I thought that was cool and I'm glad that the thing that Ty West has done in the past that has ultimately turned me off a little bit is that the endings have been so bleak and I like how this has that somewhat happy, hopeful ending. There's a final girl and, you know, you get to see some resolution and you get to see her escape this. And I love those kinds of endings, even though they're kind of cheesy and tropes, it's just yeah. something about this time that I think we need that kind of ending <laughs> and it just works and it works for me. And she works as a great final girl and as a great slasher villain. Um, oh yeah. Yep. I think we may be seeing Mia goth 50 years from now at horror conventions oh, yeah. uh, dressed as Pearl. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, but, she's, but she's killing it in the horror scene. I mean, she was in Suspiria remake. Yep. Um, uh, she was in the, Cure for Wellness, yeah. So I'm glad that they gave her more to work with on this. And now you said this was your favorite Ty West film, is that right? Yeah, it was House of the Devil. And uh, I still love House of the Devil, but this, I think there's so many more more dynamic to this movie, like the movie within a movie. It's uh, it's more, you know, based in like a slasher uh, versus like um, cults and haunted house type genre. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, this one's definitely my favorite of his of his work. And it's you know, and I was actually thinking about it like as much as I like Ty West, I I'm actually happy that he got kind of a big movie like this. It, if I th- if I'm thinking of this correctly, like this is kind of his first like big movie in theaters because as much as I loved like house of the devil, if it did go to theaters, it was probably very little. Um, yeah. the innkeepers maybe did, I, I don't remember. I think that went to theaters, but maybe it was just like a very limited. And the yeah, Sacrament, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, yeah. I don't even remember if that even went to theaters. And then of course he did things like the, he did a segment like VHS, which I don't, I can't remember if that went to theaters. And then of course now with X, he's landed like you know a24 which is a pretty you know a24 in the last few years has really made a name uh for itself and i've seen a lot of people since x has been out now that they really hope that maybe because you know like we discussed x is not your like if you're going in this for like an elevated horror like hereditary or the witch this is not what you're going to get with this movie this movie is very much a straightforward uh, slasher movie, body count movie. Um, and I've seen a lot of people online where they're actually like really embracing that. Cause I know some people just do not like a 24 films. Like the, you know, they think it's pretentious, blah, blah, blah. But like a lot of people with this one really seem to be embracing this. And like, they really hope that maybe a 24 will maybe go in a different direction. I mean, they don't have to stop making, the films they've made before, like *Hereditaries* or *The Witch*, or um, you know, just maybe, yeah. maybe the maybe they're kind of embracing more of that slasher, you know, genre. And I think it's, it's I think it would be a good home for it. Yeah, I mean, it's 
it's good to mix things up. And I yeah. think that's the thing with 824 is I think there is a crowd that that will say, well, it's 824. It must be elevated. And we know the elevated horror has always been around. Yeah. And then there's the crowd you know, and sometimes I fall into that, like, oh, my God, another pretentious, slow-burning movie right. <laughs> um, about another granny. But, um, but you know, if you're going to be pretentious, be a good pretentious movie like Hereditary. I think, actually, Hereditary is pretentious, but it's a good pretentious movie. It's a well-done, very smart, very clever, and masterful very, movie. And yeah. it has a right to be pretentious because it's good. Um, and lots of people enjoy it, whether you are pretentious or you're not, whatever that may be, right. to whoever you are. Um, but for a lot of fans that, you know, are looking for something different, I think that this did bring something different to A24. And um, I would like to see more of this slasher turned on its head sort of thing. Even though there's a lot of familiarity with this movie, there's still a lot of tropes that are kind of mixed around a little bit and... Um, you know, the, 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 the quote man of the house isn't the, um, the main villain, like it's the female and like, there's just different things that they played with in the movie. Uh, you get to see like some exploitation with men walking around in their underwear and mm -hmm. it's just different kinds of ideas and, and ways that it's shown, uh, that I think just worked for today's audience and it will work for, uh, a future rewatch and looking back on it like oh okay that was the time when you know this was a 24 but look at this how this stood out you know around this yeah. time um yeah i think it's great and uh you know definitely stay for the after credits of the movie um i think that's important i think this is my favorite ty west movie certainly um i always stick to the slasher subgenre as movies that i always seek out and I'm always looking for, you know, new slasher movies. And it's kind of cool that we are in this resurgence of slashers, like big budget, uh, wide released slasher movies. I mean, slasher movies have always come out, but there's just not been that presence in the theaters like there have been in the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. So I think that's cool because, I mean, things have to be mixed up a little bit. I just... You, you don't want to go too much with haunted houses. We've been there and seen it. You know, it's cool that they come out, but it's got to be a little, you got to mix it up a little bit. So, yeah. you know, um, so we're both looking forward to Pearl and we'll probably uh, be in the future talking about uh, how Pearl was. Hopefully it's good. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually hoping that uh, I was thinking that, you know, after the first initial weekend of, x being out that maybe ty west or somebody would actually give us like a release date uh, i know bloody disgusting did that interview where they said how much the movie made over the opening weekend and then it said you know the prequel coming soon so i don't yeah. know I'm, I'm looking forward to it and like you said yeah please everyone stay you know for the the teaser trailer for pearl and i like that it it, it has a totally different look like it's very colorful it's very um uh obviously it's a period piece because it takes place in the early like i think 1918 because the movie the x takes place in 79 yeah and then like the teaser trailer takes us all the way back to 1918 when obviously pearl was probably a teenager young you know obviously much younger um but yeah i'm totally looking forward to it absolutely i i want to get that technicolor 
Toby Hooper's Eaten Alive with the oh, alligator. Yes. <laughs> I want to see more of the gator. And I think and it the definitely alligator... looks like we are going to get more of the gator in that teaser trailer. <laughs> I think so. And alligators can live, you know, for a little bit over a hundred oh, years yeah. or so. So this is, we've probably seen this alligator like in its senior years as well. So <laughs> we may be seeing a prime gator in the Pearl prequel. Oh man. <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> um, here for it. All right. Well, I think this was a fun episode. Is there anything else you want to uh, talk about X before we close it up? No, I just hope that people, you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it yet, uh, definitely go out and support it. Um, I think it's a fun throwback. It has definitely, you know, winks to, in my opinion, the biggest winks are probably the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, from Toby Hooper. Um, It has great cinematography. The characters are a lot of fun bloody kills and i thought it was really well made definitely yeah. support it and check it out all right well this was fun so listeners out there if you've seen x sound off on this episode's posting i usually post this episode or these episodes for fatal follower presents on twitter horror amino uh, facebook and uh out there in the podcast world so definitely give us your feedback and let you know uh what or let us know what you think about it Doug, I want to thank you so much for joining the show today. It was super fun and it was super needed. It was it was been a crazy week for me and I, I really needed to kind of geek out with my friend and talk about horror. So thanks so much for joining today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was fun to talk about the movie and, you know, talk about new elements and stuff within it. Well, we'll always have you back. You always have a place on the show. Please feel free to rate the show on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast episodes. And uh, thanks so much. Stay safe. And stay spooky. Bye-bye. Bye, you guys.